What's up, Fantasy Pros? My name is Andrew Erickson, and today I'm going to be breaking down 10 players you're going to regret drafting in 2023. Now, for this list, I'm looking at players drafted inside the top 100 who are going to fail to live up to expectations. Before I get to my top 10, this video is brought to you by Rival Fantasy, a new all-in-one fantasy sports platform where players can dive into three DFS games you can't find anywhere else. This year, they're also introducing their season-long platform, bringing Redraft and DFS together in one place. Rival Fantasy is so excited to get people playing season-long, they're giving away a total of $10,000 in prizes for users who create a Redraft League on their platform this season. That's right, 20 leagues will be paid up to $1,000 to play on Rival. Rival Fantasy is also offering new users a $200 deposit match plus $25 in complimentary entries. You'll literally be playing with house money from the jump. So go to joinrival.com fantasypros23 to sign up, claim your deposit match, and experience the future of fantasy sports. Now, let's get to the list. Number 10, quarterback Tua Tungla-Viola, Miami Dolphins. Concussion concerns aside, I am not convinced that Tua has the perceived elite fantasy upside you want to draft in the middle quarterback tier as the fantasy QB 10. When he was healthy last year, Miami's offense was cooking. He was averaging fewer than 20 fantasy points per game as the fantasy QB 7. But he showed severe downside over his last four games. Per The Athletic, over that span, Tua ranked 30th in EPA per dropback among 32 quarterbacks and the Miami offense ranked dead last in passing success rate. And I want to hit this point home, as the Southpaw quarterback offers zero value as a rusher. He totaled just six rushing yards per game, 70 total yards in 12 games. And when he was operating as the fantasy QB7, he was passing touchdowns at a 6.3% clip, nearly two touchdowns per game. That tied Patrick Mahomes for the highest touchdown rate in the league. And it's a number that's going to regress over a larger sample size. Case in point, his 25 passing touchdowns were five touchdowns over expectation, the most among all passers last season. If everything goes right for Tunga Viola, he's a small win. That's not enough for me to be a buyer, given his additional risk and price tag. Number nine, tight end Evan Ingram, Jaguars. The Jags tight end struggled to maintain a top 12 tight end status weekly last year, achieving it in less than half of his games. Surprisingly, Ingram had the same number of top six finishes, three, as Noah Fant, Darren Waller, and David Njoku. His total season-long numbers are inflated by his Week 14 blow-up game. From Weeks 1 through 13, Egram was the tight end 15, averaging fewer fantasy points per game than Kyle Pitts, Tyler Higby, Hayden Hurst, Tyler Conklin, and Gerald Everett. After Week 14, Ingram jumped up all the way to tight end 4, adding more than 2 points per game to his per-game averages. With his injury history and the addition of wide receiver Calvin Ridley, Ingram is an easy fade in 2023. Drafting the middle tier of tight ends traditionally brings poor return on investment, and Ingram is even going higher in redraft ADP at 80th overall compared to the best ball formats. Number eight, running back Alexander Madison for the Minnesota Vikings. Madison has delivered most for fantasy managers that trusted him in lineups when Dalvin Cook has missed times in the past. But his archetype of running back is the exact profile that burns drafters every single year. He's a totally unproven fantasy RB2 that rises the rankings because there's nobody else to compete with for touches on his depth chart. His favorable outlook is all situation-based not on Madison as a fantasy asset. It's all projection with him as the team's featured back for an entire season. That's something he has never done. He's never actually played more than 50% of his team's offensive snaps in back-to-back games. Remember, nobody ever vying for Madison to get touches over Cook at any point during the last four years. If there was ever a year to do so, it likely would have been last season considering Cook ranked last in rushing EPA. And yet, Madison could not sniff the field under the current coaching staff. There's a lot of scenarios where he doesn't live up to expectations, and I'm not paying the back-end RB2 price tag to find out. If a potential free agent running back veteran signs with the Minnesota Vikings, would that scare you away from Madison? 
And if it does, why draft him in the first place? Two tough matchups to open the year versus Tampa Bay and Philadelphia have me further bolstering my fade stance on Alexander Madison in 2023. Number seven, running back Miles Sanders for the Carolina Panthers. I just can't deal with Sanders right now. The Panthers' prized free agent acquisition has been talked up in the passing game all offseason, but we haven't seen it on the field because he's been dealing with a lingering groin injury. Considering Sanders posted a 31% bust rate last year, which was the highest among all running backs inside the top 24 finishers last season, he's trending in the wrong direction heading into draft season for managers thinking they're acquiring a consistent contributor. The bust number is pretty glaring considering Sanders had the ideal setup, running behind an elite offensive line when the team was always playing ahead. He likely won't experience as many positive game scripts in Carolina, which makes his increase in receiving vital to avoid becoming the next free agent running back bust in 2023. But with a top 50 overall and top 20 RB price tag, he's just checking off too many of the wrong boxes in an offensive environment that will be worse than it was in Philadelphia. Number six, wide receiver Terry McLaurin, Washington Commanders. Since McLaurin has entered the NFL, he's been a locked and loaded fantasy wide receiver too. Despite all the ups and downs and rotating quarterbacks, the former Ohio State Buckeye always finds a way to finish inside the top 24 wide receivers when it comes to the season's end. But another year with more question marks at quarterback with second-year QB Sam Howell has me overly concerned about the additional risk of drafting McLaurin in the first four rounds without much room to grow in his production. Over the last two seasons, McLaurin's produced at the highest with his buddy Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Because in the nine games without Heineke, McLaurin has underwhelmed. The commander's wide receivers averages nine fantasy points per game, fewer than six targets per game. He's been a wide receiver three slash four producer in games without Heineke. And last season in those particular contests, McLaurin was outproduced by a healthy Jahan Dotson. Dotson matched McLaurin's production and target share to T over the last five games. McLaurin's top 24 finisher rate was just 44% last year. His top 12 rate was 13%. Dotson posted a 55% top 24 rate and a 27% top 12 rate in three games. The rookie played five fewer games. Simply put, John Dotson is a better fantasy value. I think his upside is similar to McLaurin's if the commander's passing game performs above expectations, but the cheaper cost of his acquisition protects you if the bottom falls out in the nation's capital. To add literal insult to injury, McLaurin also picked up a turf toe injury in the commander's second preseason game, which could rear its ugly head during the regular season. Before I continue to my list of the top five, if you want a chance to win a signed Josh Jacobs Las Vegas Raiders jersey, courtesy of bettingpros.com, your place to start betting smarter and not harder. You need to subscribe to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel right now. Comment below in this video, and that's it. We'll be announcing a winner this week, so this is your last chance. Turn on those notifications so you can be alerted when new episodes are up and to claim your prize. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Right now, I want to take some time to celebrate our everyday champions, our cars. Thanks to eBay Motors, we're keeping our rides running as smoothly as our fantasy teams. Our cars are more than just vehicles. They're partners in our daily hustle. They're there for the early morning commutes, the weekend getaways, and every crucial errand in between. Remember those times your car was the MVP, getting you to that important meeting or helping you make a last-minute pickup? Just like the right player in fantasy football, the right car makes all the difference in our daily game of life. The dependability a car provides is one of the cornerstones of our daily lives, which is why it's so important to maintain our vehicles the way we maintain our fantasy teams. Just like a well-managed fantasy team, maintaining your car requires strategy and force 
foresight. It's all about knowing when to make those crucial upgrades or timely repairs. Ever experienced the triumph of a DIY fix on your car? That perfect moment when everything comes together and your vehicle runs as smoothly as planned? That's what eBay Motors brings to the table. Ensuring each part you choose is not just a temporary solution, but a perfect fit for your car's needs. Speaking of perfect fits, whether it's choosing the right fantasy player or finding the ideal part for your car, the right fit can make your day. There's a unique satisfaction when everything falls into place, be it a winning fantasy lineup or a car part that enhances your ride. That's why eBay Motors is dedicated to making sure you get that perfect fit every time. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's get back to the top five. Number five, tight end George Kittle, San Francisco 49ers. In 2022, Kittle had his lowest yards per route run since his rookie season. This indicates a potential decline in his effectiveness as a receiver. It raises concerns about his ability to consistently produce at a high level. Because with Brock Purdy as his quarterback, Kittle still trailed Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk in target share, ranking third in the pecking order, tied with running back Christian McCaffrey. Without Samuel healthy for four games, Kittle's fantasy production nearly doubled, averaging 1.5 receiving touchdowns per game. Kittle significantly outperformed his expected touchdown total last year, finishing with 11 touchdowns compared to an expected total of 6.2. This suggests he may experience a regression in touchdown production in 2023, which could have a negative impact on his fantasy output. His performance in 2022 was marked by inconsistency. He had six games with fewer than 40 receiving yards, with three of them occurring when Samuel was active. However, Kittle did have three games with over 90 receiving yards, mainly when Samuel was absent. His 50% bust rate last season led all tight end scores inside the top seven at the position. His volatility makes him untouchable for me inside the top 50 overall picks. Number four, running back Brees Hall, New York Jets. Brees Hall's recent comments about knee soreness and trust in cutting are ominous, specifically because Hall's ADP is still in the high-end fantasy RB2 range even after the team signed Dalvin Cook. A sluggish start could seriously put drafters behind the eight ball, making Hall someone you need to get a draft day discount. For me, he must be drafted outside the first four rounds. The Jets have a brutal six-week schedule to open the year, and their offensive line has been a mess all summer, so nobody was surprised if Hall struggles out of the gates. Cook signed a pretty lucrative one-year contract, suggesting he's not just there to be a backup. He's going to play, most likely from the get-go. Aaron Rodgers wanted to get Cook in the building. So in addition to rehabbing a torn ACL, Hall faces a brutal schedule behind a shaky offensive line, learning a new offense with a new quarterback, an overall touch competition from a seasoned veteran that owns a three-down skill set, handpicked by the team's starting quarterback to join the team. If it's this easy to see how Hall fails to fire this season, why are we taking on so much risk with a top 50 pick? You want to be smart drafter in the early rounds. And there are just too many red flags that suggest Hall isn't the best use of high-end draft capital. Remember, most players bust. When they burn you, it's because they don't meet expectations, not because you faded them with an expensive ADP. There are other good players in Hall's draft range that possess high-end upside as well, without nearly the same risk factors as Hall. Keep in mind, Hall's rookie year featured him finishing as an RB1 in 29% of his games. That ranked 17th last year, tied with Kenneth Walker, who is cheaper than Hall. Simply put, there are other running backs with high second-half upside, not named Brees Hall. Number three, wide receiver Devontae Smith, Philadelphia Eagles. Devontae Smith was the wide receiver 27 in expected fantasy points per fantasypoints.com last year. He finished ninth in total points scored above expectation. 
Overall, he ended the year as a wide receiver 16 in points per game. So why is he drafted as a fringe fantasy wide receiver one? Before Dallas Goddard's injury in week 10, Smith was averaging fewer than 10 fantasy points per game. He was the wide receiver 35 in points per game and wide receiver 34 overall. But after Goddard was sidelined from weeks 11 through 15, Smith went off, finishing the year from weeks 11 through 18 as a wide receiver five. The Slim Reaper was averaging 15 points per game. His current ranking is too heavily weighing his production when Goddard missed time in the second half of the year. Before his injury, the two were posting nearly identical target rate per route run numbers. In the season's total, Smith was a fantasy wide receiver one in just 19% of his games. That ranked 27th. He finished as a top 12 receiver three times. That's it. Fewer than Christian Watson, Mike Williams, and Zay Jones. Per the Fantasy Pros consensus projections, this is wide receiver 16 and a half PPR. For week one alone, Smith is wide receiver 25. He's being dramatically overrated in the second round of fantasy football drafts. Number two, running back Najee Harris, Pittsburgh Steelers. Najee Harris is routinely drafted at the start of round three, but that is just too rich for my blood. Even though I think Harris is in for a bit of a bounce back in 2023 with an upgraded offensive line and ascending offense, my fear of a split workload with Jalen Warren has cooled my exposure to the former first round pick. In the team's first preseason game, Harris played just four snaps to Warren's six snaps with the Steelers starters. Warren was the first back to get carries with the starters before Harris re-entered the game after seeing the first three snaps. In the second preseason game, Warren further bolstered his case for touches after ripping off a 62-yard touchdown. I can't touch Harris inside the first three rounds of fantasy football drafts, especially given the Steelers' two first matchups versus the San Francisco 49ers and an improved Browns defensive line. The schedule eases up after week two when Pittsburgh takes on Las Vegas and Houston. If anything, Harris is an interesting buy-low target if I'm wrong about a projected split workload. Number one, running back Josh Jacobs. We're giving away his jersey, but I'm not touching him in fantasy football. Because last year, he finished first in touches. Holding this accolade is great, the year that it happens. But dear Lord, does the history of running backs after leading the NFL in touches create major concerns about them after their breakout seasons? Only two running backs finished as RB1s the following year after leading the NFL in touches since 2013. Ezekiel Elliott is the only one over that period to finish inside the top five. The other seven running backs were essentially all season-long busts. Historically speaking, the odds are not stacked in Jacobs' favor to return fantasy RB1 value in 2023. And the concerns grow when you look at his outlook with the Raiders, given his disgruntled status away from the team and offensive situation. Remember, Jacobs doesn't care about your fantasy team, as he's made clear on several occasions through social media. The team has a new quarterback under center with Jimmy Garoppolo, which casts doubt on how effective the offense will be. The Raiders' offensive line overachieved last year and should take a step back based on their current personnel. There are more receivers and pass catchers added to the team outside of Devontae Adams that can hinder Jacobs' receptions and target totals from last year. Again, his main appeal was that he was a touch monster in 2022 as a rusher and receiver, but increased opportunities could easily be on deck for second-year running back pro Zamir White, who's been praised throughout the offseason while Jacobs has been away. Simply put, 2022 was the year to draft Josh Jacobs. This year is not. Thanks for attending my TED Talk. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros.